Welcome to, once again, to the Legion of Reason Diversion, episode 219. Uh, our guest this evening is Seth Andrews, a.k.a. The Thinking Atheist, a former Christian music DJ, apostate Seth. We should we should actually have something like apostles, but call them apostates. I think I think you'd be the first one. Apostate That's Seth. That's not. <laughs> Has written two books, uh, one called Deconverted and Sacred Cows. And continues to have an impact on new non-believers. Uh, welcome once again, uh, Seth. Uh, I don't know if you remember the last time we were in Kamloops in a hotel room, and you I were remember. totally bagged. <laughs> yeah, that just sounds wrong. But yeah, yeah. We, we recorded a broadcast in a hotel room, uh, and yeah. it was, it's always a pleasure. It, you know, it really is a, a, a real honor to be a part of these conversations. I always have to clarify after your intro. I'm not the thinking atheist. I host the host. That's right. That's thinking atheist. It's an icon that represents that we reject faith and pursue reason. I'm. I always find myself standing on stage with very enlightened minds, and I always have to tell people, you know, when I'm standing next to Steven Pinker or Doctor Doctor Carolyn Porco or Doctor Eugenie Scott or any of these great minds, I ain't one of them. I'm just a guy who's sort of navigating the journey along with everybody else. Uh, okay. I think, anyway, I think we all are, you know, I, it, inclu- they, you're just a guy, the people that we, you know, um, you are a figure and you are intelligent. So don't undermine yourself. <laughs> let's put it that way. You know, okay. well, exactly. you know, they, I often say people look up to like Dawkins and those types here. They, they see them on these larger stages, but they relate to us. You and I, we're just people who, you know, we're just trying to figure it out. Whatever's true. Let's figure that out. And, yeah. And uh, we're just human beings trying to live our lives and sharing the journey with other people, hopefully making each other sharper and stronger in the process. Oh, well said. Yeah. Yep. So I have Randy, a, oh, I yeah. have, I have a quick technical question. It appears that, um, can we change the title of this stream to not Lalo? Oh, Dentist? you know, I've been having trouble uh, with that on, uh, Okay. And the streams? Uh, no, I'll, I'll do that in post. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of yeah. Uh, yeah, it is a technical issue. Then I can't figure out how to how to change that. Yeah, I've actually tried technical to Technical issues. It, but... I love them when they happen live. I love them <laughs> when you have no idea how to fix them live. But you, you don't know. After... We do not fix them live. No, 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 no. <laughs> just surrender to the moment, and yes. you just figure it, it out later. It's live. You just. Oh, let it let it be uh, like like the Beatles saying, "Let it be, let it be." <laughs> yeah, we'll fix it's, it later. It's fine on YouTube. It, oh, it's okay. Oh, okay, sure. It's, YouTube's yeah, great. On YouTube, okay. Okay. Well, yeah. So we're uh, just a couple of uh, of housekeeping things. Chris, you this morning were on another podcast. You usurper. You you yes. you, you uh, turncoat. There we go. Turncoat. <laughs> Uh, I was a guest. It was you were on the "So You Think You're a Skeptic" podcast. Yes, I was. Uh, did yeah. you have fun? Yeah, I did have fun. Of course, yeah, as always. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, right. the other thing uh, I have to mention is that uh, on the Facebook page, the Legion of Reason Division Facebook page, my talk at the University of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. Uh, can you say that, Seth? Saskatoon. 
Saskatchewan. Saskatoon, uh, Saskatchewan. I can't say it. I can't <laughs> say it well. Saskatoon. Uh, I had a hard time getting my my. I was saying Regina. Uh, oh. I had a hard Ooh, time. That's with a that dangerous one. one. Yeah, the conference there. <laughs> yeah, Regina. yeah. That's a little, that's a little south of Saskatoon. Yeah, that that actually is in uh, Mark Twain's a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. It's, I've got an, I feel it's like a connection there. to you guys. I've gotten hooked on a television show on Netflix. It's called, well, there's two versions. There's Canada's Worst Drivers and oh, Canada's Worst Handymen. Do you guys watch? Yeah, that? I've or seen do it. Do you just import it down south to us in the United States? So because, you mean oh, you mean that you're feeling connected to Canadians in general and not specifically us, right? You, you need you, to watch yeah. Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> Trailer Park oh, yeah. Boys, the best yeah. export Just, from Canada. Like there are several times during the broadcast when you see like there's a guy who's hammering screws in, and, <laughs> and you know there's people that have they're nailing their own workbenches to the floor, and uh, all of some these of us are a little better. <laughs> and well, got one to, of those guys is a Facebook friend of mine now. Oh no, no Emmy, way. I think so. <laughs> uh, he he like can operate a computer. Separation there, yeah. Well, oh, I, barely, but yeah. We occasionally will hear that a boot, you know, and a boot. Oh, and, but no, uh, nobody says that. Someone's <laughs> name. Her name is her name's not Marley. It's Marley. It's Marley. So we'll hear a that, little bit of that up yeah. north, and, and I. So I feel a connection, and also I've been watching uh, curling. So now I really want to come up north. And, you know, you guys can teach me the sport. We'll bond over. If curling. you don't break your legs, <laughs> I, that's. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> it's it. it's for beginners. It's a da- actually it is a dangerous sport. It's not uncommon to have broken limbs. Oh, stop! Not. Curling seriously. Yeah, seriously. It's very common. Junior high. Motorcycle jumping is a dangerous sport. Freaking curling! You're you're just <laughs> the stone goes from here to there. That's true. <laughs> but so like you go. Sometimes board. you go from six feet up to zero in a very rapid pace uh i must it's yeah. on my bucket list i okay. must learn it i must I, play it i used to curl five nights a week that's that's what I, you, well my people will contact your people <laughs> we'll go out it'll be a wild night yeah uh, but i it, it is it is honestly one of those things that i i must i must fully learn how to play and i must actually play and it must happen in the next 12 months so oh. if i come up north we got a date we'll make it happen. sure right. absolutely yeah you know Sounds good. Actually, americans do play curling they're they're actually pretty good so it doesn't count it's not here <laughs> no no you I know. have to be in canada I'm just, well, if, when is when is the alberta secular conference hell oh, i know march may may oh, it, yeah. it was it was just announced yeah so i can't remember but uh, i have no if we idea. Have, there's oh, an oh, event yeah, up so there right. it all in comes Calgary, together yeah. There will be a convergence of heathens upon the ice. Yes. And I, oh. <laughs> I just want to be the person who shouts. I don't know what those codes or signals are. I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. They're yelling down the ice. Sweet I want to be boys, that. sweep. <laughs> That's usually what it's like. <laughs> Forgive the so digression. Ty- Forgive the digression. <laughs> so Tyler, who I podcasted with this morning, um, he's blind and he's saying that he's definitely Canada's worst driver. Um, I would <laughs> believe that for sure. And, um, he wants me to ask you if you know what our national sport is, Seth. Oh. I know what it is. Yes, hockey. You're wrong. It's not. Hockey. Believe it or not, not, it's not. Nope. What is it? Lacrosse. What's the national sport? It's lacrosse. Really? Okay. Uh, both of my sons yeah. played lacrosse. All right. Well, I learned something new I never today. My lacrosse. education continues. There you go. I, I don't know. It's because Americans play that a lot, too. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know why it's... 
it's a travesty. It should be hockey. You're right, but it isn't. <laughs> I, I don't make the, the rules. Is I don't make the kind rules. Of more brutal. <laughs> Somebody posted on Facebook. What's you, you know what's what's your um, nation's you know animal symbol or whatever? And I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> we don't go there. No, Seth, do you know what it is? <laughs> I I just don't know. I have no idea. Our national um, animal is a beaver, so you know. Now isn't that just a, that is the saddest what, thing? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what a riveting country you are. You I know. mean, America <laughs> has its eagle. I mean, this majestic <laughs> yeah. bird, majestic a prey, yeah. and we yeah. have something that builds it's dikes just, and you know it, floods it, roads. It's just, yeah, well, it used to be the, the trade. The fur trade was a big thing way back when. Oh, so and our national animal beavers. is one that got killed a lot. That's just yes. <laughs> the hats were very fine. <laughs> I'm sure they I were. Nothing to contribute here. I'm they were so furry sorry. hats. <laughs> I, I'm Thank embarrassed. You for the, the information. I'm embarrassed oh, for our country sometimes. Oh well. <laughs> anyway, so. Seth, uh, I don't know if I've ever asked you this question. When when you came out as an atheist, I remember the, the time, but did you have any big blowback from that? That uh... Well, I mean, I it was a gradual sort of emergence for me. You have to remember that I um, I was working as a video producer at the time. I'd come out of right. radio and gone into video production. I was working as a video producer for... Uh, an owner who was hugely religious and probably 80% of the company clientele was churches. And so, I mean, imagine here I am going through this journey. And if I had, you know, if I had said aloud, Hey, this, I may be, you know, the videos I'm creating might be based on a lie. I might be propagating these churches that are actually lying to people without even realizing it. They're, they're helping to spread non-truths. They're damaging people. Um, I may not believe a word of this crap. Um, and I was terrified. I was thinking, you know, here I am approaching midlife. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to lose my house. I'm going to lose everything. And so I was, you know, I, I spent the first two years managing the Thinking Atheist website without ever showing my face. You just saw that icon, the thinking person icon with the mm-hmm. light bulb. The first year of the radio show I did, uh, they just knew my first name. I'd never had my face on any of the thumbnails. And so it was only after a couple of years of even doing what I do as an atheist activist that I came forward, came out. So it was a stair stepping for me. And it was it was really pretty terrifying. I lost a lot of sleep. I had a constant knot in my gut. What's going to happen in my life? What are the consequences? Professional, familial. And, uh, you know, I managed to come out the other side. But it was it was a long several year journey for me. Yeah, I. I think, uh, especially for in where you're at, uh, in Oklahoma, it's kind of in that area where it's religion is pervasive, and everybody just assumes that you're religious, and and when they find out, you don't know what the reaction's going to be. I mean, it, it it's uh, different. They cock their head <laughs> like a cocker spaniel is what happens. You're like. You're an atheist, and they just go hmm? like your dog whenever you say <laughs> but, but, like but a you word. Don't they have don't have horns. <laughs> Where's your horns? Where's your tail? Um, a lot of people in this community they just don't know what to do with the word. They're 
They're shocked and surprised and fascinated and scared all at the same time. I've given a copy by the request of my autobiography to more than a few people. <laughs> and, you know, several of them wouldn't finish it. Like they got a certain number of pages in and they just gave it back. And then, you know, they're like, I, it was just too hard to get through. I, I just couldn't read it. It hurt too much. And I think what maybe they were saying wasn't, oh, Seth, my heart grieved for you because I felt like you were missing the love of Jesus. But hey, the stuff you were saying was actually kind of spot on and making sense. And I was sort of terrified. And so I didn't want to go any further down the rabbit hole. That's what I think mm. they meant. Here's your book back, you know, and then they just they just stopped talking about it. And we always talk about other things. So, well, it plants uh, a seed, my, right? You know, it, I'm a curiosity among I'm the guy that they warn you about before you go to the family function. You know, Seth's going to be here in a little bit. Nah. Now you need to know this about him, but he's really a nice guy. <laughs> So, uh, you know, but overall, it could be a lot worse. I could have been born in freaking Saudi Arabia, for Pete's sake. It's a challenge with family and and culture, but it's, you know, it's it's all good. I've got no complaints. And thanks to the community that I'm a part of and my listeners, and I mean, in many ways, they are my family. They're they're the people I feel so connected to. They've given me tremendous love and support, and they challenge me and make me better. So I've got no concerns or complaints. My life is good. Um, that's so much for the gospel, uh, prosperity gospel right there. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you should I mean, be I'd poor. Claim it if I could. Yeah. It just hasn't worked out. You don't yeah. sound like an angry atheist either. I had my moments. I will say when I first came out, I felt like I'd wasted so much time and I, I was kind of mad at myself, you know, at, for not being smarter and figuring it out sooner. Oh. Uh, I, I still get angry when... I feel like uh, everybody's pawing at me. You guys know that feeling where they just look at you like, oh, I'm so sorry that you don't really understand the love of Jesus. It's just terrible. Yeah, yeah. And, I get that here. No, I don't. Actually, you know. You guys in Calgary sick. Yeah, this is an oasis My dad's an uh, atheist. Here. My mom, oh. you know, describes as agnostic. So I don't even think there's anything strange about being an atheist. I had no idea it was even oh. a... An I'm issue. Moving. I mean, uh, you know, other, <laughs> yeah, other than you know, knowing throughout history and other places in the world that people were being persecuted. But I just, and I, I had no idea it was so pervasive in the U.S. until it's, just a few years ago. Really, it's you not know. even for me, Christy. It's not even about like you know the fact that they believe something that is demonstrably not true. That that makes me nuts, you know. But what really gets me is this weird permission they give themselves to cross boundaries. And mm. step in, especially parents, uh, to step over that sort of family line into my home, my life, my personal affairs, to declare to me, well, no, no, Seth, there's no way you can truly be happy. Well, actually, I am. I've never <laughs> been happier in my life. Oh, no, no, you're not. You're miserable, man. Uh, no, I, I'm and, genuinely and, happy. You know? And there's that assumption, because they tell each other in the churches around here that you're innately evil. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah, there's I'm the I'm the cause of the world's ills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, oh, around, you're not gay, though, right? Like, well, my parents you know, are just right. have come storms, out gay than so. atheists. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really, yeah, I really yeah, wish I they, they would have preferred it. Not by much, but, but uh, <laughs> you know, there is there's also a part of me that's kind of, you know, I, I'm I would rather be an atheist 20 minutes from Oral Roberts University, which is where I live. You know, in Jesus Town, USA, here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, part of me would rather be an atheist here 
than in a place where it doesn't matter because, uh, you know, you have more opportunities to have those discussions and to plant mm-hmm. the seeds of doubt. And, yeah. and uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm, I just bought a house here. It looks like I'm committed for at least a few yeah. more years. Yeah. So. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Does it have the, does it have the seller, yeah. the uh, tornado seller? I'm putting another storm oh, shelter you are? in. And <laughs> come with wow. That's, that's but, a lot of work. Uh, I've been through two tornadoes in my life. I've been, Ooh. I mean, right on top and, and they have, they've left their mark, but they also left with me a, a real fascination. I'm fascinated by twisters. And so I, um, I would struggle, especially as a professional videographer. If, if it, you know, an EF four is blowing through the neighborhood, I would be in my Frady hole. Sure. But I'd probably have like one hand out yeah. the top of it with my camera or my cell phone going, dude, I'm getting some awesome footage, man. It's going to be great. I'm going to call the news <laughs> stations. You know, I, that's me as well. So, uh, but uh, no, I'm going to have to dig another hole and put another storm shelter in probably next uh, early next spring. So hmm. we'll see. Yeah, that's they're they're pretty nasty down here. You get them like how often? Like almost like, in during well, season, it's like one a day almost. We well in the region. No, I mean it. it there are. This Her. part of the United States is this, you know, they call it Tornado Alley because it's where these cold and warm air mm-hmm. masses meet. And it just provides, especially in the spring and some months during the fall, uh, a, a prime sort of a central location for the creation of tornadoes. And, and we have a ton. I mean, there are hundreds of them all around the region every single year. And it's they're so common that uh, – <laughs> Many people have become a little blase about them. You know, you 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 know, you see the flashing red on the radar. Yeah, you're kind of interested, but you know, you're you're not running for the hills. You're not digging a hole in the ground. You're not hiding under the house with a mattress on your head. Uh, meanwhile, you have I have my relatives who came in from Minnesota. You know, if the tornado sirens went off, they would just have lost their minds. They would have just absolutely melted down. And so there's a, a normalization that's happened here. But, you know, we also do have a healthy respect for for nature and for the damage it can do. And, of course, around here, we've had a, there's a town 90 miles away, Moore, Oklahoma. It's been pretty much wiped out three times in 15 years. And, of course, hey. every freaking time after the death of dozens, every time it, it happens, it's like, God bless more. Thank God. Praise God. More people weren't killed. God, please help us with the rescue efforts. And I'm looking at human beings doing all the cleaning up and the rebuilding. And I'm just like, hello, you know. They're not thinking it through. You know, they're not, they don't understand the implications of those things. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's bizarre. Well, who said the tornado if you're a believer in that kind of thing? That only 48 people were killed instead of 50. Thank you. The Lord is good. I just (laughs) can't do any wrong. Get out of. Well, for God, there is nothing to get out of. So, I was going to say get out of purgatory free card, but uh, he, he's he's get it's the ultimate free pass, right? And yeah. can't can't lose. Heads I win, tails you lose. There. So, do do you have any uh, new books coming out? Are you working on it? You know, the only thing I'm working on right now, and part of it is just because I am. Um, I don't know. After doing this since 2009, I need some variety. <laughs> and you mm-hmm. actually see this a little bit in the topics and themes of my show. I love talking and about and challenging religious claims, and I love helping people sort of break free from from the chains of superstition, or at least find their own path on their own terms. You know, I love mm-hmm. telling stories, but I, I just 
I also want to talk about life stuff, you know? And, um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've got another couple of books I'm nibbling at in the background that won't come to fruition anytime soon, but what I'm looking to probably release next September on audible will be, uh, because we have developed every October, a broadcast, a podcast of hugely popular ghost stories. And I've got kind of a knack for storytelling. We put together these highly produced sort of immersive ghost stories that people have really come to enjoy. Well, if you know, you're going to put weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of work into the production of the stories, I'm assembling the ones, some of the ones that are broadcast and producing new material as well. And my plan is to put together a complete with bonus materials, ghost stories, audiobook that will release in September of next year. And it's interesting to watch people who were like, well, how can you be an atheist and enjoy stories about <laughs> ghosts and i'm like well geez how can you be an atheist and go to a harry potter movie exactly you come and give yeah. me a break like how can you how can you be an atheist and enjoy tolkien if you don't believe in uh you know in uh you know the characters and you know in frodo if uh, it just makes no sense to me of course we can operate in the theater, theater of the imagination and we can tell stories and those types of things and uh, so that's probably what i'm going to be working on for a good part of the spring of next year for release in september that's good. Cool. cool. Yes. Yeah. In time for Halloween. Yeah. In time for Halloween. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. We got a, a couple of uh, news stories I did. I really wanted to cover today. One of them was, uh, I don't know which we want to do first, because uh, one of them is kind of a hot button topic with me. And <laughs> yeah, the, the whole oh. Laurier thing. I don't know if I want to... Start with that because I know I'm going to be triggered. We should end with that one. <laughs> yeah, we should end that one. I, there's a couple of cases, uh, Seth, that have come across uh, our radar where a child was, you know, basically medical, uh, professional medical help was withheld from that child and resulting in their to death. To in Alberta. To in Alberta. And, in Alberta. and uh, fortunately, you know, the the legal system stepped in and they've been sentenced uh, Tamara Lovett was one she was sentenced to three years I believe was it not three years I think and yeah. you know, her her child had strep and strep you know it's something strep. really really simple to to treat and for some we're not this one's kind of a weird case because we're not really sure if this was just a distrust of of uh, medicine or what what have you? Uh, the uh, the other case was the Stephens. Uh, they their child wa was taken to a naturopath, and uh, or they called and the naturopath, a naturopath even yeah. told them take him to a doctor. Yeah, and they still didn't do that. Uh, they they are members of uh, Latter Day Saints Church. And they sell true hope vitamins. Yes. Like they, yeah. they counsel people to go off of their mental health meds. Schizophrenics. There yeah. was one schizophrenic in BC who was counseled to go off its meds and take yeah. these vitamins. He killed his parents. Yeah. I, I, what, what, what is your take on this? Because, you know, this is already a punishment. You're, you've lost your child and now you're given a sentence, a three-year sentence in the case of, of Lovett. Um, I 
think it was several months for the Stefans. You know, they, they, I think the mom was on house arrest and the dad was yeah. supposed to do some time in court, but they're going to take it right. to, uh, is it Supreme Court now? Well, they have leave to take it to the Supreme Court because they just appealed that uh, sentence and it was upheld, but it was a two to one decision. So that means they can go to the Supreme Court. It doesn't mean the Supreme Court will hear it. Uh, that's up yeah. to the Supreme Court. Well, but. And in this case, the kid had viral meningitis and there was a vaccine for it, which, of course, they didn't get. They didn't call the ambulance until he stopped breathing. Yeah. Then they blamed the ambulance for getting there. But when he they took him to the naturopath, he was already stiff, so stiff he couldn't sit. Yeah, they'd put him put him to, on a mattress to get him in the car, basically. Yeah, well, he was yeah, stiff If I may say something, mm-hmm. the, the other um, case you were talking about here um, in Calgary. Oh, the Levitt case. Um, yeah, um, I, it turns out I know somebody who knows somebody, basically, and she's, I think, just a new agey. Yeah, know? very new agey, but she homeschooled. Yeah. She wouldn't let too many people in her life. She used oregano oil. Natural she, childbirth and all yeah. thing. Huh? Yeah. She basically yeah. was hiding from mainstream anything to do with medical. But does, so I think by what, implication, mistrust is built in there, right? Yeah. But or what should a society do, a compassionate society, when in this case, this is a complicated issue. I, I personally don't have a, any real answer to this. But I, I, what, well, what is, what is your feeling, Seth? Well, in the case of Lovett. Oh, so go ahead. Go ahead. Well, in the case of Lovett, she showed remorse, whereas um, the, this couple is showing no remorse. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a good just, point. That's a fair know, point. Yeah. Blaming every, you know, like. You said blaming the ambulance, ambulance driver, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, ambulance this and blaming that, and just not looking in the mirror and acknowledging that they actually did anything wrong, you know. Well, I, you know, I, I think imagine if this couple had decided that you know they, with a young child in their home, uh, they live next to a busy, a very busy street or intersection, and. For uh, any number of reasons, they felt it was it was wrong to put a fence in the backyard. You know, it's just it's a waste of resources. It's all a racket. It's all a scam. You know, whatever reasoning they might come up with, and yet they allow the child to go out and play in the yard next to all of this heavy traffic. A, a child that requires guardianship that really doesn't have the capacity to make these decisions, to know what the right answers are, to protect himself in the important ways. And the child, you know, ends up wandering out and getting struck. I mean, we have to keep the parents accountable. It's not a perfect metaphor, but, but you know, mm-hmm. when I see these people in the Ukraine talking about the Stephens who are out there helping to promote the vaxxed film, which is just yep. built on mm-hmm. a house of cards, an absolute cacophony of lies. And you realize that as is the case with religious indoctrination and so much else, it's the child who pays the price for the ignorance and the stupidity and the recklessness of the parents. I think we as a society have to impose some serious consequences on the mother and the father. It's interesting too, to watch the couple. I, I, you know, I'm here down watching sort of from afar, but from my perspective, it looks like they're framing it as a, do you really want the government to tell you how to raise your children? You know, yeah, of course they, they really yeah. made it a David and Goliath kind of a, kind of a fight where they are David And the big bad government wants to reach in and sort of desecrate parents' sovereign rights, take Mm -hmm. away their 
ability to properly parent as individuals take away their own decision-making process and just take over. And of course, that's not the case at all. So to, to me, I mean, that is a hugely dishonest framing of it. I, I think there have to be uh, serious consequences. I think I, I support imprisonment and mm-hmm. not just, a, you know, not just a short-term slap on the wrist for the, the, uh, the sake of appearances, but a genuine punishment in place. I mean, it's imperfect, yeah. but I think yeah. it has to happen. Well, in the case of the Stephans, though, there are the children involved. So I'm, I don't know. Uh, that's why the mother re- – it's a bit sexist, but uh, uh, the mother received a, a – what? Uh, it, she house arrest. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was house arrest. to go to yeah, church. She, she was allowed to go to church and to doctor's appointments. And I think Which, if they just allowed her to go to doctor's appointments, she might be better off. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, how often do these young children who just don't have a choice in the matter end up paying for the mistakes, the mm-hmm. idiocy of their mothers and fathers? And I think that's ultimately where it has to come down. And, and uh, you know, if we pat these people on the head and say, well, you know, it's – you know, it's your right to parent however you please. You're essentially d- declaring the child ownership. doesn't have rights. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's ownership. Child neglect. Yeah. So, yeah. As opposed you know, to they're, they're, getting with, they're getting away with neglecting children based on misinformation. And they, those Stefans in particular, have profit that they're worried about. Uh, so. What did the kids got? They thought it was the flu or something, and they're giving them smoothies with like yeah. horseradish and stuff yeah. in it, you know, and some oils. Yeah, and, yeah. A, a family, a friend, an associate who happens to be a nurse is like, "Hey, this looks like meningitis," and they still. I mean, what would you do yeah. as a parent? Hell, I'd be dry. I'd already be in oh, motion wow. to the hospital. Well, um, they don't have a proper respect for microbes at all. Meningitis? What is that? They don't they care. Don't, a rejection of distrust of science, you know. Uh, do we think that the ch- the parents don't genuinely love their children? Well, I'm not prepared to say that, but I do. Yeah. I'm prepared to say that their perceptions about how to care for a child are so broken for any number of reasons. Dunning Kruger. I, I yeah, and yeah. we as a society have to impose consequences for the sake of protecting children. We mm-hmm. just have no choice. Yeah, I, I think I'd probably come down on that. I. I definitely would have to say that there would be some some punishment somewhere because you know it, at the very least it actually gets the message out there that no you, you kill can't just do nothing and yeah. you know you know we we allow parents to have a lot of leeway in how to raise children but there are some limits that you can't go beyond and i th- i think that you know when you do not uh, give the child the standard of care that uh, is available and freely in Canada, by the way. I mean, we have a single-payer system. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no excuse for you it. You pay more for this homeopathic crap oh. than you do you for do medical for... care. Exactly, yeah. That's an interesting angle, too, when you hear about people in the business of natural remedies, uh, homeopathy, the naturopathic doctors and whatnot, and they're talking about the big business of medicine. Yeah. Yeah. They just <laughs> neglect hypocrites. the fact that, you know, all of these sort of natural remedies and, you know, the uh, essential oils and, you know, shark cartilage and everything else. All that, That's a multi-billion dollar industry right there. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Just a convenient and sometimes, and sometimes if you look at the really fine print on some of that stuff, you'll see that it actually is big pharma that's 
making that money too. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Uh, Yeah. There's this anti-intellectualism that is pervasive in society. Now, again, it's probably happened before where there's, you know, like that guy in Texas that said, uh, we have to stand up to these experts. Uh, Um, uh, Well, the, the, the profound lunacy of such a statement, you know, yeah, and was it one of the Paula Rick Perry? I want to say who said uh, Obama's such a snob because he wants kids to get a college education. Like, oh gosh, um, what do you want the president to say? Like, yeah, just yeah. dumb him down, right? Like, really? <laughs> That's snobbish. Trains to see us distrust the processes for obtaining knowledge and bettering the information we have, but when you know you have these sort of, it's like when uh, the the cigarette industry was. There's a there's a book and a film based on the book called The Merchants of Doubt, which mm-hmm. talk about how, you know, they go out and essentially feed into the public a an attitude of, well, who really knows? You know, I mean, uh-huh. can you really say it's bad for you? I mean, what's can you really trust the scientists? And, you know, it's been effective because you have whole this is absolutely true. I have um I was getting a, a physical. I'm at the age when you have to go in for a physical. Oh, and please. I was uh, getting some blood drawn, right? And the lady, a phlebotomist, she wasn't even a nurse, fortunately, but she was just taking the blood. And um, I don't remember how it came up, but as she is, I mean, I'm not making this up, just about as the, she was about to put the needle in my arm, we started talking about, oh, we, we were talking about cancer. My wife works in the medical oh. field and she deals a lot with cancer patients and so she said, with a straight face and all conviction, a woman who was in healthcare, she said, you know what? I mean, between you and me, I think the government's giving people cancer. Oh, I think wow. they're, they're putting wow. it in our food and they're causing us. And, you know, like in those chemtrails. Now, she's got, oh. she's got the needle. In my arm, and I'm like, uh, can I get? Can I get to somebody else? Can I trade? A second opinion. (laughs) I I need somebody who's pro science who's sticking these syringes in my body. Wow! You know, the merchants of doubt have been so effective, and people can often be so conspiracy minded that they overcomplicate the simple, and they honestly refuse to accept facts for what they are. And instead they just spin off into oblivion and you know, it's, it's a real problem. I think it partially explains the, the administration, the political uh-huh. administration we uh-huh. have and uh-huh. the fact that we, we rank, you know, not in, not great on several levels on the educational ladder. And uh, we are just a, you know, we're a culture that knows more about what uh, Oprah has done than they oh. know about, about yeah. what science is. Yeah, yeah, the Kardashians. I, I always thought that they were something on Star Trek. Uh, uh, what was that? One of the later <laughs> Star Treks. Um, no, not Voyager. Uh, it was. Uh, I hung my Star Trek Christmas ornament on the tree today. It's got. The, it's the little yeah, scene I saw that. where yeah. Spock and Kirk are kneeling by the glass and yep. Wrath of That was a little Hallmark ornament. Yeah. And I put it up today and took a photograph. And that's my favorite piece of Christmas right there. Yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got this. He was resurrected. Wait a minute. Are you pulling? I, I don't see anything. I, oh, it's yeah, kind of hard got, to see it. Yeah. Oh, right, because the tattoo. Are you pulling your shirt together. off? <laughs> no yeah. way. Because he's got the combat yeah. tattooed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, I got that. I got the Star Wars on my tattoo. Yes. Yes, I have. Yes. You win. 
Yeah, I'm very proud of it. I uh, want your autograph. And, and it's the science one, not the command one. Well it's played. the science one. Well played, my friend. Because I was a That's big fan nice. of Spock. So. Well, no, I mean, honestly, back at the end of the day, I think the, you know, we're going to have to, to deal with these things short term with, with um, in a punitive way. But I think long term, yes. the only way to defeat these bad ideas is with better ideas, with better education, by uh, removing the distrust of science and the benefits well, that science bring us. Mm-hmm. I got to get rid of DeVos and get rid of what, oh, I mean, it's going backwards so badly with this administration. What was needed? I may need a place to stay on weekends. I'm just saying. I mean, because <laughs> <laughs> it's getting bad down here. Yeah, yeah. it's not going to get better right now. That's weird because we went the other way. Uh, I know there's a, a lot of things been said about Trudeau Sorry, yeah. in terms of his, you know, a bit too the other way from from Harper, but Harper was definitely a anti science. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did a lot of things that Trump... technology was. Did I read that uh, Trudeau's? They're actually planning a formal apology for how LGBTQ people have been treated. Oh, in yeah. the past. Yeah. He's Pretty done made. a lot of apologies. He just did one for the indigenous that were ignored by the Harper government. No, so. I think under the Harper government there was an there apology. was a settlement. Was there, not? there, there was, but okay. what they, what 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 uh, Trudeau was apologizing for was the groups that Harper denied all of the concessions he gave to the others. Okay. There was like a nine nine uh, groups that he actually ignored and had some excuse for. So. And then, and then he also apologized. He, he gave the concessions to the people that Harper ignored, and then he made an apology this week for the 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 uh, the schools. The um, oh, the, uh, the residential the, the residential schools. Yeah, schools, yeah. there was a yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you so probably is the don't opposition then sort of taking? Are they jumping on that and painting him as sort of a not a good a idea. jerk? You know, apology uh, apology happy weakling. Because no, this is very like sincere. Yeah, this is very sincere. There's, yeah. There's no doubt about no, it. No, no, no. I'm not saying he's not sincere. Oh, saying, yeah. Is this political opposition jumping all over him for making these apologies? No. Not for that. I think that would be but, a bad But, you know, move. for example, <laughs> that that bill talking about Islamophobia. Oh, that, that one that deserved criticism. Yeah. It did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 There was a motion in, passed in the House of Commons that... Uh, Sorry, motion. It was yeah. about... Uh, well, is that about anti... Muslim bigotry, which is a real thing. Yeah, but yeah. It but they included Islamophobia. The Islamophobia, yeah. instead which of is you know anti-Muslim bigotry, a nebulous term. You know, it's a made-up word. It's, it's a made-up word. You know, yeah. just like you're talking about uh, the merchants of doubt. That's one that's been deployed to shut down. Um, you know, legitimate yeah. criticisms of the religion because then, you know, oh, you're an Islamophobe, and it, you know, it implies racism as though the religion is actually a race and. It's just it's just a way to shut people down of of discussing mm-hmm. um, legitimate things that we should be talking about. Well, it also means radical Islam has in that way won because it strategically uses Islamophobia as a term as a conversation stopper. Yes, and exactly. so if yeah. you know if they change the language in that way, it means that they're probably doing some kind of a high five over there because that's exactly what they wanted instead of being you know a fair game for criticism. And scrutiny now, whenever we scrutinize a superstition, the superstition of Islam, they can just scream Islamophobia 
and mm-hmm. they're supposedly insulated from said criticism. It's pathetic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and it's the conservatives that were, you know, essentially speaking up on that, and I totally agree with them on that one. Yeah, you know? and I would never vote so, conservative yeah. in a million years. But. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, you um, know, once in a while they get it right. But, you know, yeah, the conser- our I conservatives are pretty, you know, like, shift the spectrum to the left, I guess, right? Because when I think about, like, Hillary Clinton, I think she is super conservative, you know? Like, d- yeah. do you? Yeah. She yeah. is. From from a Canadian I, I perspective, so. she is. Yeah, she's yeah. she's uh, farther right than than, right than the conservatives are here. So it's, it's very yeah. very different uh, political spectrum. On some here. of the topics, some of the topics, yeah. Well, uh, okay, on a, access to abortion and and that kind of thing, that she's definitely left of the conservatives. But most of the other stuff, yeah, she's she's pretty pretty right. Foreign policy, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't contribute. It's I'm different. just a Yankee. It's just yeah. different. Just a, okay, well, yeah. I'm a dual, so I can yeah. do both sides, yeah. right? So. All right. <laughs> well, I vote in California. He, so. You asked the question of, you know, was there pushback, you know, from the conservatives? And no, not on those things, but that's where you get the pushback is, you know, on uh, things that sometimes we actually agree with, right? So, and yeah, to to position Hillary Clinton as being what Canadians would perceive to be quite conservative, like, that's where we're at here, right? So, yeah. I still voted for her. But. Yeah. Well, well, Trump's not my yeah, fault. You know, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't look at me. We all know I it should have been Bernie. Right? It should have been Bernie. <laughs> Bernie had baggage. Anyway. Too. Bernie's sure, got but... even more baggage now after this. Yeah. Anyway, we're <laughs> so. uh, getting off on a tangent again. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. about Trudeau. Uh the the biggest difference between Trudeau and his predecessor was this, and it was the press gallery, or pre, not press, the press conference room at the House of Commons was closed by Stephen Harper because he didn't like the press. And the mm-hmm. very day very after uh, Trudeau was uh, installed as as Prime Minister, he reopened it because yeah. it was you know that was that's the difference between these two. It was just night and day. It was, it well, was, it's different it was, parties completely, though, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, but completely because different worldviews. The Harper government was more like the Trump government. They just weren't as loud and ridiculous about stupid, it. Because yeah. at least Harper had some dignified sense to him and kept everything on the down low, what he was doing, whereas Trump just brags about it. Yeah. It's terrifying. Trust me. It is. Yeah, but, and it's, I know. it's yeah. probably better to know. You guys are probably in a better position to fight Trump than we were to to fight Harper. We had scientists marching on Ottawa, and no one even noticed. No one even cared. Yeah, when scientists, scientists actually yeah. come at, get, get uppity, it, you know something's really wrong. And they we still don't do ignored that. them. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when it comes to Trump and his Twitter feed, I saw somebody post, speaking of Star Trek, I saw a Star Trek meme where it's like every morning when I log on to Facebook yeah, yeah. and Twitter, it says, damage report. That's <laughs> what it's like here in the United <laughs> States of America. That's how I yeah. feel. For sure. And you could, and you get the report. You get to see the damage. Whereas Harper, it was like it was hidden. You didn't oh, yeah. get to see it. There was a so religious agenda. I mean, it's more stealthy. Damage. It's more sneaky. It's more clandestine. I, yeah, I mean, at mm-hmm. least the insanities and not that people care. But it, you know, at least the insanity is uh, transparent and on full yeah. display. I'm hoping that at some point, 
you know, the 50 states come to their senses. And we we are looking at the challenge beyond, you know, the insanity of the Trump administration. We're seeing it. The presidency itself is forever, potentially forever diminished. We we have lowered the bar to such a degree that I I, I fear that we have changed the perceptions of what yep. a presidency is, what it does, what it you know what it should aspire to, who it uh, who deserves to have the office. I, I think this may be irreparably harmed, and I I try not to be fatalistic about it, but I I don't see the upside like you know even when the pendulum swings back and i'm sure it will we we have diminished the office of the presidency of the united states in such a way that it just doesn't mean what it once meant to be president and i don't know how you get past that is it possible to make some laws now about this to prevent that we have an over canada has a monarchy kind of overseeing us. If our yeah. guys were acting like Trump, they can step in. We have a governor general. We have, we have. Mm, awesome. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Our, our She's governor general. Science. She's pro-science. <laughs> She's astronaut. very anti-pseudoscience. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. She, she got I think criticized I saw a news report about her. Didn't she give yeah. a speech where she went yeah. after the creationists? And, yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, it was just it awesome. She's like awesome. It, 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 she didn't go after the creationists. She just went after People go after science, and then, of course, the people who go after science get offended, which are creationists. <laughs> she, she did go after people who deny evolution. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what, um, I, what I inferred from her little her little uh, presentation or speech, whatever it was. And I was like, that's just God's beauty. It's so candid to hear yeah, somebody just yeah. speak like that without worrying about, uh, you know, the poll numbers and, and all of that. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm, I'm weary of see... the whole process. So oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Did did you see the the what is it our um, the liaison to Canada? What do you call that? You guys, the Canadians here, <laughs> um, the, the one that said that uh, there's two sides to um, the climate change. What, no, sorry, two. Oh, the two oh sides you mean the, the consulate, the, Trump the consular appointee. general? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like Gosh, that. that that's who you've assigned to be. <laughs> Yeah, represent you in Canada, okay? <laughs> oh, you know, we just it's had it, it was just a few years you know. back. Uh, Senator uh, Inhofe, Jen Imhoff, Jen Inhoff went into the um, you know the oh, Senate yeah, chamber, yeah. right? And he's holding uh, a snowball. Oh, he's holding we had that up here like, too. Oh, you know, things have gotten cold, cold enough for a snowball, and yet people say there is global. I mean, to him, jeez, oh, this he's was a compelling little... argument. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, and and all the rest of us Gosh, were just. Yeah. Right. We cocked our heads like a cocker spaniel, like, hmm? like what? Yeah. Exactly. Is this man trying to accomplish? I used to be a climate change skeptic. I, I, you know, I came out of, um, I had to change my mind on a great many issues uh, just because I had to re-examine them after coming out of the faith. I used to be pro death penalty. You know, uh, you kill somebody, we'll kill you back, kind of thing. They deserve it. Um, and I came out and began to see it from a different point of view and to see how disproportionately it is used. And I be- came to the realization that I don't have to kill people to protect society or to punish. Um, you know, I, when it came to a woman's right to choose, I had to reevaluate that. When it came to the legalization of drugs, I had to reevaluate all of this, all these things. Climate change is one of those deals where I, you know, I came out thinking, well, those scientists, they're all a bunch of secular humanists. And now I'm uh, – <laughs> And now I'm, you know, I'm like, you know, hey, why, why in the world would I not listen to a, an avalanche of scientific data mm-hmm. which supports human-caused climate change? And 
there's also a great poster meme cartoon out there that has a great point. And it's like, you know, what if we were wrong, but we actually moved toward a more sustainable, clean, healthier future for its own sake? Yeah, what's the downside? And, yeah, and I'm right. like, yeah, you know, it, the, the, what is the downside? Why wouldn't we be working with everything we had to try to live cleaner, healthier, more sustainable lives and, uh, you know, and stack the deck in our favor to be responsible stewards. I'm no longer that dominionist that thinks that, you know, everything belongs to God and he's going to sweep up anyway. The only people yeah. who are going to do it is us. And, uh, uh, but we're, you know, we're fighting the scientific fight. We're fighting to protect uh, the work of scientists. And I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, but I do think it is going to get better. That's that brings so up a really like, interesting point. The laws there about yeah. who you can elect for president and what he can do while he's in office. The, the challenge is, though, is you know when you have a, a system where you have you know tens of millions of voters who are scientifically illiterate, or who are so yeah, you, know, you see the Christians going for Trump, and Trump. If you look at the best verses of the Bible, Trump is the antithesis of the yeah. best Jesus. You know he. He's arrogant when the Bible says to be meek. He's vengeful when the Bible says to turn the other cheek. He is proud when the Bible says to be humble. He is lustful when it says not to have uh, lustful thoughts. He is the antithesis. And yet he's the antichrist. You know, when you see people who have there's sort of a hero worship going on, there's uh, there's. there's an authoritarian narrative going on. And in some ways, there's a, a desire to to maintain power, even if it means even if it means selling yourself out, selling your own values out, or maybe even more terrifying, what if these are our values? <laughs> and that's yeah. why they love them. I mean, on every level, it just sucks. Um, no win. There's I, no I, win. I need a I need a couch to sleep on the weekends. That's all I I just let me come up. <laughs> Got a nice big one right here. Room. I have a you're, whole spare you're room. You're totally welcome here. Yeah. I'll bring oh, yeah. the dog. You and yours. You. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll do some curling, you know. Absolutely, yeah. just help me, help me. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people wanted to come move up to Canada, but they found out it's not that easy, and it's cold. Yeah. Why would you, you know, well, go someplace warm? And and if we get a HarperCon government again, we're going to yeah. go better off again. And we probably like it's will. always one step forward, two step back. One step forward, two steps back. It's oh. We had a lot of refugees um, crossing the border in super dangerous conditions over the winter and that kind of thing. Lost their hands even. Yeah. Lost fingers. Because Trump. Trump. uh, You lie. Wait a minute. People people were making uh, an illegal pilgrimage into Canada? Yes. Especially Haitians. Oh. Especially Haitians. I was Mm -hmm. thinking like. From USA. Yep. Yeah, people that were refugees in the USA. Oh, refugees here. People in danger of deportation. Yeah, because Trump got in office and, well. I was thinking, you know, just disgruntled Democrats. (laughs) No, no. No, that's. uh, Maybe some of those losing limbs. (laughs) I think they know enough to take a plane. I don't know. That's one of the. uh, I'm tired. I didn't track. I'm sorry. Well, I can understand the way we described it. You know, <laughs> freaking Minnesotans climbing over the fence, going, "Oh my gosh, it's just so darn terrible down here." And Trump's just a real darn mess, you know. Yeah, well, I don't know. Well, there it are memes. Like there are memes of uh, Melania doing that. <laughs> no, I don't have any darn hands. They're all like gone, you know. So, gosh, 
and just froze right off like that. I didn't know it got that cold. Yeah. yeah. I can't, I can't do UFTA like uh, the Norwegians. Never mind. Um, but no, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it, it, we're hopefully going to see the pendulum swing. I, we've got to do something about Pence, who is the vice president here, and he's much more slick and in some ways a lot more scary. More like Harper. Oh, yeah. He's slick yeah, yeah. and uh, he's smooth and he is, uh, he'll be able to provide the polish and the measured tongue and that, you know, square shouldered sort of authority. Uh, he's going to look good on TV. He's going to play right into what the church narrative. He is in some ways uh, very much more dangerous than Donald Trump. Yeah. And, and he's so, in power uh, too. Like you have both right now. You do have both. Well, Pence is kind of an afterthought. I mean, we, I honestly think Trump is just like, – Trump's is just like the Tasmanian devil in the old Warner Brother cartoons. You know, he just – around everywhere he goes, he does his own thing. Just – Everybody in his cabinet's like, oh, God. Oh, God. How long? But as long as he's there doing his thing, you know, there's not a whole lot everybody else is going to be able to do. Um but, you know, after, you know, if he walks, if he quits, if he's impeached, which I, you know, I used to think was inevitable, but now not so much. Um, I, you know, we're going to have to see a strong candidate against him. And I'll tell you something else. We're going to have to see us become much, much, much less petty about running against him, about defeating him in 2020. You know, one thing about the the whole Bernie thing, and I liked Bernie, and there was a lot I liked. I didn't think Hillary was a great candidate, but no, you know, there was a lot I admired about her. Uh, you know, to see people tear each other to pieces Over those and, two. and ignore the larger battle against this force. I just, I, we are so eager to shoot ourselves in the foot and we pay. Well, the there's so many people so convinced that the DNC did something criminal and they got rid of Bernie and it was all un- just criminal and she should be in jail. And they agree with Trump, lock her up because they uh, believe Bernie it was illegal. Bunch- I, I mean, well, I, like, there, I get there, it. I if you like Bernie, corruption. vote for Bernie. You know. But the truth is, if it was Bernie or no one, like, or you were going to not show up, if you were going to opt out and not participate, yeah. I just don't get this. Yeah. I just don't understand it. Well, well and, you know, it, after Trump got elected, uh, hundred in, in riots in Portland, 120 some odd protesters were arrested. 86 didn't vote. Yep. Majority of what, them. What is wrong vote, with this picture? But they're angry. <laughs> The, well, the, see, the stupidity of people. Yeah. Well, you don't get Hillary to complain if you didn't participate. You can't. You can't vote for the criminal, though. You can't. Yeah. Some people just want to be part of something, and they'll, you know, don't <sighs> any bandwagon without well, really the damage you know, that WikiLeaks dwellers, did. Right. The damage that WikiLeaks <laughs> did. The damage that PizzaGate did. All of this Russian interference. I see the, the people that are putting this information forward it's not fake news it's not the propaganda artists it's this stuff had an effect on the people it convinced them that they couldn't vote for her that it was in fact some of the bernie busters even voted for trump it was that awful against hillary people believe that stuff and if you can't fight this misinformation which we can't i mean obviously people are killing their kids with oregano oil what do you do that's where i'm stuck Oh, you know, I didn't mean to get her all worked up. She just, <laughs> she would call her feisty twice. Woman pissed hey, off. My she water turns feisty. But all of this, just 
all of this. I'm glad she's on our team. I'll tell you. I mean, I want to mess with her for sure. <laughs> but all of this has there's an undercurrent here when we think about religion, uh, uh, climate change denial, um, homeopathy, Reiki. There's an undercurrent of that really ties all of it together, and it's not just religion and and these other things. It, it, there's a similar mode of thinking that is the same in all of these areas. Lack of critical thinking. Education. And, and tribalism. Tribalism, and yes. Identity and, uh, politics. And a lot of um, a lot of people who have a distrust of, you know, they, they have a distrust of the simplest answer. You know, Occam's razor for them did not really work yeah. out. You know, that's why we still see 9-11 yeah. truthers here. The year 2017, we go through yeah. it every September. It's... <laughs> You know, I, I don't know. And I, I, I've come to a point in my life where I, I've become, it's almost like getting head on the head with a, a hammer all the time. You just, you, you log on and you see the white noise of the information age. And as information clashes against misinformation, science against pseudoscience, reason against religion. And you just think, God, oh, you know, everyone's shouting, nobody's listening. Sometimes it just shuts you down and you have to just walk away and reset. I found myself sometimes just thinking, uh, where's the off button? You know, how yeah. do I, 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 when did we stop talking to each other? When did we stop listening to each other? Did we ever listen to each other? And, and ultimately at the end of the day, in my own life, I have focused as we approach 2018, I've focused on a desire to, to do a better job of speaking not shouting of trying to <laughs> to listen trying to genuinely try to open my ears and understand and and you know then when the times come for for outrage and for us to just you know pound the drum and go out and, and really raise some hell it means something it's not just part of the din that that is the sort of the outrage culture and uh, yeah and truly be an advocate for those who need us, for those mm -hmm. who are suffering and for those who deserve a better world and, and we can do a better job of working to that end. So that's that's sort of my goal, you know, a personal goal, very nebulous one, I guess, but uh, you know, I'm going to try to implement it in my own life as, as much as I can. So. That's Well, likewise, I, and I think good. like defending free speech is really important because yeah. um, uh, when you look at the international context, like blasphemy laws are unacceptable. And, yeah. and those countries that still have them on our books just justify those countries that, that enact them in really, really harsh ways, right? And um, um, I forget what I was going to say. You're going to probably yeah, talk about Canada. To try to, uh, to try to make it no, Canada. a culture where people can't open their mouths. And I think to myself, I'm sorry that the the way to defeat bad speech is more speech. Yes. No, it's yes. And here's what I was going to say is that this dilution of words, like, you know, if you, if you uh -huh. run around calling everybody a Nazi, well, first of all, there are no Nazis anymore. There are neo-Nazis to be sure. But, you know, um, that really, I can't imagine how I would feel if I were a Holocaust survivor, you know, that was in my family or whatever. Right. Like I'm offended by it enough. Just, you know, um, having an upbringing where I, was you know taught about the Holocaust in my home and and to respect that and and to take it very seriously and um, you know the world should be taking this seriously right so when when words like that get tossed around um, it really it offends me <laughs> you get triggered no it does you know I do get triggered and I you know like 
those, I think deploying those kinds of words should be reserved for specific contexts because they're just being tossed around and they, they've lost all meaning now, you know, yeah. like being called, you know, for example, an Islamophobe. Well, everybody has been called an Islamophobe. So, you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> but to be, you know, like an anti-Muslim bigot, I think that's a very serious thing. Right. Um, I wouldn't like to be called that, but I know like, you know, for example, we all know Faisal, right. And, and he gets called mm-hmm. these things. You know, gross so, and racist. Yeah, sorry, the really, the guy who you know, escaped, the ex-Muslim yeah, who escaped yeah. Iraq, is uh-huh. a white supremacist yeah. sympathizer. Yeah. I, I just, I, who are these people? I, I just and the logic, oh, the SPLC, um, Mayan, sorry, Majid, Majid Nawaz, and and uh, Ayan Hirsi Ali being deemed as um, anti yeah. anti-Muslim extremist. Extremists. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, really? they just lost the and, plot. It just blows my mind. Yeah. Which which I guess maybe takes us to the next story about Well, Linda. they doubled down too. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose we could yeah. talk about yeah, the the, the whole free that. speech Sorry. thing at uh Wilfrid Laurier. That was Oh. Yeah. Uh I I I'm I mean, so you, glad she recorded that. Did did this make the news in the US at all? Probably not. I mean, nothing in Canada not really, makes the news. No. <laughs> Okay. I mean, we had a terror in, incident up here. I don't, I don't even think it made the news down there in Edmonton. It was uh, somebody used a vehicle to run people down. It probably didn't make it down there either. But um, we feel so well, inferior. Well, that was the same time. Well, I think it was like the a day within the Texas thing, right? or sorry, the uh, yeah. Vegas shooting, right? Yeah. So that pretty much. Oh, might, might have, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. so this whole thing happened at uh, Wilfrid Laurier uh, University, where a teaching assistant played a clip from a a uh, t- TV Ontario program that had Jordan Peterson on there. And uh, none of us here really usually agrees with Jordan Peterson on that much, but uh, he's got some salient points on the law, which would force uh, government workers, anybody who represented the government to use whatever pronouns somebody chooses, you know, other than he, she, and the, the usual ones. And she brought that in as a talking point to talk about pronouns. Now, I can see talking about pronouns being really, really boring, like super, <laughs> super boring. And this is something that this TA, uh, uh, Lindsay Shepard, brought in to, to uh, show her class and have a discussion on this. And somebody complained to the, her supervisor and her supervisor, instead of unpacking the complaint, just took it at face value and called her into a meeting. And uh, they had this – I'm going to play the audio from this. Um, let me see if I can find it. Uh, yeah, here's the meeting. Uh, this is a edited. This is not the full one hour. Uh, this, is, this is a shortened version that was released for the for news media. Like I said, I, it was in the spirit of debate. Okay, in the spirit of the debate is slightly different than being like, okay, this is this is a, like a problematic idea that we want to maybe want to unpack. But that's but, taking sides. Yes, like it's taking sides for me to be like, oh, look at this guy. Like everything that comes out of his mouth is BS, but we're gonna watch anyway. Okay, so I understand the position 
that you're coming from and your positionality. But the reality is that it has created a, a, a toxic climate for some of the students. It, you know, it's, how many? It's great. That, Ooh, like how many? Okay, one. May I, may I speak? I'm uh, just, I have is, no. I have no concept of of like how many people complained. Like what their complaint was. You haven't showed me the, the complaint. Yes, I, I understand that this is upsetting, but there's also confidential confidentiality matters. The number of people is confidential. Yes. Do you see where, like, how this is not this is not something like that's intellectually neutral that is kind of up for debate? This, I mean, this is the Charter of Rights and But freedoms. it is up for debate. But I mean, you're perfectly welcome to your own opinions. Mm-hmm. But when you're bringing it into the context of the classroom, that can become problematic, and that can become something that is that creates an unsafe learning environment for students. But when they leave the university, they're going to be exposed to these ideas. So I don't see how I'm doing a disservice to the class by exposing them to ideas that are really out there. And I'm sorry I'm crying. I'm stressed out because this to me is so wrong. So wrong. Can I mention the gendered violence, um, gendered and sexual violence policy? Do you understand how what happened was contrary to so, okay, what was the, the, the policy, the, the gendered, and gendered and sexual violence policy? Like, do you understand how... But, sorry, what did I violate in that policy? Um, so, gender-based violence, uh, transphobia in that policy, causing harm um, to trans students by uh, bringing their identity as invalid or their uh, pronouns as invalid. Or something potentially invalid. So I caused um, harm, which is violence. under the Ontario Human Rights Code, a protected thing, and also something that Laurier holds as a value. Okay. So by proxy of me showing you the video, I'm transphobic and I caused harm and violence. So be it. I, I can't do anything to control that. <laughs> okay, so that's not something that you have an issue with. These are very young students, um, and something of that nature is not appropriate to that age of student because they don't 18? have... 18? Yes. They're adults. Yes, but they're very young adults. They don't have the, 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 uh, the critical toolkit to be able to take it apart yet. This is one of the things that we're, we're teaching them. And so this is, this is why it, it becomes uh, something it's... that has to be done with a bit more care. Uh, in a university, all perspectives are valid. There might be an issue like having a meeting with everybody involved and sitting down and and working through it, but this is accusatory from the get-go. And Lindsay makes some very good points. Uh, You know, this is a university setting. This is where you're supposed to examine things dispassionately. And and it just escalated. In fact, the name Hitler comes up in in the the, the discussion. You know, it's really straight up. Um, yeah. uh, what's that uh, law? Um, Godwin's, Godwin's law. Godwin's law. Yeah. And oh, what do you you know? What the hell? <laughs> That's, yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's a it was a bizarre meeting. Um. So they basically stomped on her creativity and 
ruined her her whole uh, tenure at, at Wilfrid Laurier. She's probably never going to go back. So I hope not. I hope another institution takes her in, and uh, she never looks back after that experience. That was I just agree. shameful. I, I think absolutely it, it, shameful. Why yeah. in the world would we not be exposing people to ideas? Oh, good, they're young. Yeah, and how could you have a they're relationship young. with your supervisor after that kind of call? Oh, I could down? look them in the and face. And thank goodness she, yeah, yeah, how could she, thank goodness she recorded that, you know. And how patronizing is it to say, well, they're only 18. They can't oh, properly I know. pack exactly. what you yeah. tell them. So we need to, to package it in a way so that it doesn't accost their delicate sensibilities I'm like, what are you talking about? It just yeah. makes no sense. It's not how education works. It's not how okay. the real world works, for Pete's sake. Yeah, yeah and she just... yeah, also patronizing was, oh, please, you know, submit all your lesson plans in advance. Yeah, and at the end, that was just humiliating. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That was That's humiliating. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. we're seeing some arguments here in the States, here and there about, you know, uh, what is or isn't. I mean, when they're talking about how she created talking about a shepherd, Lindsay Shepherd created an unsafe environment. Yes. You got to be shitting me. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. What are we talking about? What is an unsafe uh, learning environment? <laughs> and, and they are, you know, the, there's this weird languages violence uh, narrative that uh, sort of piggybacks on top of that. Yes. And of course, the minute I say that with any sort of a critical uh, tone, someone's going to say that, well, Seth believes that language has no power. And, of mm-hmm. course, they're talking to a professional communicator. I know <laughs> language has power. Okay, I do language for a living. <laughs> All right? I've written a couple of books. I understand the power of language. And language can be tremendously harmful, and it can be, tremend- it can be transcendent. It can be wonderful. That, st- yeah. that, old, that saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, words will never hurt me. I've, I just think that's one of the worst things ever said to anybody <laughs> because words can be tremendously harmful. Yeah. But, you know, we exist, if you're going to exist in the arena of ideas, we have to be able to have those ideas heard. And so by presenting that an adult forum for ideas, the idea that she was making her students unsafe and she was accused in this sort of a a little inquisition. She was acting, enacting violence, no less. Like I can understand where words can be harmful, but they're not violence. No. You know, I'm I'm sorry. You know, these are um, are ideas. That yeah, need to be dispassionately yeah. unpacked and dissected and, and analyzed. That's yeah. how, how are they supposed to learn that if they're not allowed help. to do that? Like yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, I, I, and I do know there are people who are you know involved in conversations about sexuality and sexual identity who you know these are difficult journeys for them and they're going to mm-hmm. they're going to be confronted with some difficult situations and and I get that and we want to be sensitive to that. But, you know, it's not my job to make the world, uh, you know, uh, so, you know, it, it's not, it, it's, yeah, thank you. It's, I'm not, it's not my job to try to make the world so neutralized that no one no anywhere one. is ever confronted with a difficult situation, idea, or concept. Uh, you know, the bigger picture is, is that we navigate through them together to, so that we can pursue and embrace the best ideas. And um, I'd like to see this Lindsay Shepard land at a place where they're a bit more progressive. Certainly, uh, they're more about education than coddling. 
that they're not patting their students on the head and trying to keep them safe. I don't want my students to feel safe in terms of ideas. Yes. I want them to be uncomfortable. I want them to be like, oh, I never thought that. You know, when I left religion, it wasn't when I felt safe. It's when my ideas were so rattled that I was squirming in my seat and I, I had a knot in my gut and my whole world had to be reexamined. It was at those moments that I found the cage door and kicked it open and found my liberation. I mean, to keep them safe physically, certainly. Yes. But I yeah. don't want my students coddled or comfortable. I want them to be uncomfortable and to be trained to think and not be told how to or what to think. So, uh, and that's, that's what she did. It's a spirit that's of part debate. That's the pleasure of yeah. teaching, too. You know, yeah. like you're going to take away everybody's passion to to you know teach if you if you stifle people like that. And I have to say, so it came up on our Facebook posting about this, and somebody asked me. Um, does this happen at the UFC? And um, that very evening, I had received a call from somebody whose name I shall not mention, but I did say I would bring it up here in this podcast that this person had had a similar experience and um, it had to do with political and religious beliefs. And this person did record it, but doesn't want to go down that avenue. But um, I think it's important that I share that story, even though, you know, it's just here in our podcast among a few of us and hopefully some listeners will, you know, but, um, the question was like, how, how far is this, how pervasive is this? And I, I wouldn't have expected that from this particular situation, but you know, so I, I just wanted to mention that because I feel obligated having been contacted. And, uh, I think it's really important that, uh, even though I can't say a lot of details, I can, I've been permitted to say that at, min, you know, that minimum amount, right? So. I tried to reach out to Lindsay because um, uh, I wanted to, uh, to ask her a question. What was it that made her decide to record the meeting? I think it's a, something yeah. told, something, something told her to record this meeting. And I'm wondering what it was. I think it's just general good practice too. If you can, you know, for example, if you're having an email exchange, it's just good practice to save the emails. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. A record of correspondence and anything. I mean, even if it's, I don't know, um, I do graphic design and I just want to keep that paper trail to make sure that I did my due diligence. I, you know, submitted this proof or whatever. I can always go back and backtrack. So it just makes sense to record your activities, but you know, in a, in a threatening situation, that would be wise, you know. Yeah, she probably saw the writing on the wall when she was called into a meeting. Hey, we'd like to see you at four yeah. <laughs> on this issue. She's probably like, all right, it's time to make sure this is well documented and good for her. Yeah. Yes. And um, she's clearly not ignorant of what Jordan Peterson has, has been through. So yeah. exactly. She wasn't ignorant of, you know, the context in which she was presenting that information. But I think she was absolutely right in uh, the way she explains it it's a it was a course on uh grammar and they were talking about gender pronouns it's totally hey, relevant. If it wasn't a course entirely about relevant yeah if we were yeah. going to talk about yeah. uh, you know if we were in a sociology class or we were in a sexuality mm-hmm. debate or discussion i mean we're talking about the human condition in any number of contexts i think it's a it's a fair forum for pete's sake let's stop 
you know, trying to protect kids from ideas, I have a feeling the vast, vast, vast majority of them don't need or want to be protected. They want to, they want to engage, man. They're like, you know, just give me a shot, put me in coach, you know, yeah. you know I, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't need to be coddled. I, I am an adult and I'm, I'm ready to, to tackle these issues and figure out how my own mind on the deal. And, uh, I think we give them that shot. We give them every opportunity to do that. Laurier mm-hmm. and uh, Rambican, the her um, Nathan Rambican's the supervisor, uh, wrote letters of apology. But if you read those letters, they're mm-hmm. not apologies, and they have no clue as to why they should be apologizing. And that, it was, well, I mean, I yeah, don't know why they were apologizing they were for her. the tone of the meeting. Yeah, like eh, this wasn't, you know, she wasn't yeah. addressed in the way that we would have addressed her. She wasn't uh, supported, kind of, and yeah. but uh-huh. the, the, the fact were, is, there shouldn't have been a meeting. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they don't get they, it. And, and, and in that meeting, they implied that she didn't get it, right? Like they kept yeah. asking her, do you understand why, blah, blah, blah. And they're like so bloody oblivious. It's so frustrating. Yeah. 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 And uh, the science minister came out and uh, uh, and said – the federal science, science minister came out and said that uh, we have to have free speech uh, on campuses but not harmful speech. I'm like – what? what does that mean? And good luck defining it, right? Good yeah. luck yeah. in a subjective yeah. culture where everybody's harmful speech is somebody else's non- non-harmful speech. Good luck with that. Good luck it, enforcing yeah. it. Good luck defining it. Come on. I mean, it just uh, it makes no sense to me. Yeah, so the conservatives uh, picked up on that, and rightfully so, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing that's always framed around, oh, it's the conservatives that are defending oh. free speech. No. No, or the alt right. Even the media does that here. Yeah, <laughs> that's I know. what the Rambikin yeah, said. It, yeah. You know, it's these alt right people have a problem with these pronouns. Um, it's a bit more than I don't that. Have a with the pronouns. <laughs> but what about the people who are not alt right? Right. What are the people? Yeah. What about liberal and progressive people who are still even now being educated and navigating these complex issues, trying to know their own mind? How in the world well, do we educate so- ourselves if we can't talk to each other? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, if if you say something like what we're talking about now, you'll you know be called, I don't know, transphobic or yeah, whatever. And I have no. It's emotionally charged discussions. It's about the issue of free be. speech. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I think you know there's a a, a term that Matt Delahunty. I've, I've got a jet here in just a few minutes. I know we're hitting almost the ninety minute mark, but yeah, Matt Delahunty has a term that I really like. It's called charitable listening, and. It's amazing how little of it there is. Like yes. how often I hear someone say something and I automatically assume that they're attacking me or attacking my pet issue or someone I love or, you know, a worthy cause. I mean, they're, they must have the worst intention. And if we would listen more charitably and stop and not assume, maybe they don't understand. Maybe they have a genuinely good heart. Maybe they said something that was kind of offensive, but they, at the moment they weren't aware. They just didn't know. Maybe they're yeah. just operating from ignorance and this is a teachable moment. And then, you know what, after we do all that and do our due diligence and answer those questions and tap on the glass and find out what they're really about, we may find out that they are genuinely awful people. And then we can genuinely be outraged. And then mm-hmm. we can genuinely yeah. go on yes. the attack against whatever evil they might be about. But until then, it's a, it, why would we create enemies that might be advocates, you know, that could be allies, that someone who might actually be this close to being on our page and we could work together? Um, and instead, we, you know, we want to square off and, and kick off the online flame wars, and it just hurts <laughs> the heart. 
Yeah, it's, but again, it, that's back yeah. to my well, point. I guess it, that's it's like associated with binary thinking. So, it's, it's the principle of Socratic dialogue, this interpretation of charity principle, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, it goes way back. And um, like early the earlier podcast I participated in, we were talking about street epistemology, and essentially that's what's going on there is, is um, engaging somebody away by asking them questions to make them think about their own position, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, in a culture of binary thinking, of us versus them, of mm-hmm. tribalism, of wanting to win instead of wanting to pursue the best idea, there's so many obstacles in, in our way. But I, you know, again, in my own mind, as I approach 2018, you know, as best I can, I want to try to do a better job. And I would hope we, you know, so many others would. Let's just let's try to listen more. Let's let's soften our tone a bit. And, you know, when when we do that, I'd rather build a bridge or repair a bridge than burn it. But, yeah. you know, and then when we do that, if the time does come to to tee off and to burn a bridge and to get good and pissed off, it'll mean something because exactly. it wasn't our default yeah. setting. It wasn't mm-hmm. we weren't like the busted car alarm that was always going off and everybody <laughs> just started ignoring it. They just stopped mm-hmm. hearing it because that's Stop all we did. Yeah. yeah. And so that's yeah. sort of a pledge I've made in my my own life. And I, I you know, I you should name I'm, that pledge something. I. <laughs> Bob, I have no idea. <laughs> we'll have to call it the Seth Andrews pledge now. <laughs> you know, I, I, sense, um, you know, I don't know. I, I engage respectfully, I and, and wanna... if you can't do that, and you have to say your point, then then pull out the tooth and you know teeth and claws or whatever. Let's but go. you know, yeah, yeah, and you know, initial I guess default should always be to try and engage respectfully. You know. I appreciate yeah. all of you, and I appreciate the conversations that you have, and the fact that you are uh, that you are you know promoting dialogue and speech and positive conflict and all those things that are necessary to find and promote the best ideas. I think that's massive. It's just huge, and so I'm I'm genuinely thankful for you and who you are and the work you do, and I'm thankful to be a part of the discussion tonight. Really, yeah. Good. So thank you for being you. Uh, being <laughs> on. It's been yeah. It's we'll have to yeah, have you on again in, in the right future. Right back at you. You know. Yeah. 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 Have your people contact my people. And, and we'll, we'll curl. <laughs> we'll curl. And then we'll curl. After. I'll show you how to curl. I think I'm other people's people. That's the problem. <laughs> I have no people. It's like my daughter and, you know, her dog. I'm I'm their people, right? I'm my yeah. cat's people. <laughs> yeah, I have a cat too. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, forgive me for uh, for bailing on you, but uh, no, no it, problem. it has yeah. been a real joy and a real pleasure. And I look forward to the next chance we get an opportunity to speak. Okay. Yes. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it Thank was you. wonderful to see you. Take care. All right. Okay. All right good night. Out we go. Night. You've been listening to the Legion of Reason Diversion coming to you from Alberta, Canada. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to our bi-weekly podcast on iTunes and other podcatchers. Even better, subscribe to our YouTube live sessions where you can join in on the discussion. Thanks for giving us a listen. Music and other sound effects under license from audioblocks.com.